Hello, New York sports fans. We are back in another episode of Jersey Turnpike Boys. I am Zach, along with my co-host Nick. Nick, what's going on, man? Zach, I'm doing good. It's been a couple weeks, but we're kind of entering an interesting time in our sports world now. The football season, obviously the Super Bowl's over. We lost Giants and Jets hope a while back. We entered the winter season. Decently optimistic. You know, all five teams, local teams, that made the playoffs last year. We're kind of now into a point where, realistically, two, maybe three of those teams are going to make the playoffs. And realistically, I only think one of those teams are capable of winning a championship. And I don't actually know which one of those teams it is. So, Zach, what are the five teams that are currently playing right now The Referencing the Knicks, Devils, Rangers, Islanders, and Nets. Which of those five are going to probably make the playoffs and probably won't? Well, the Rangers and Knicks looks like pretty much a lock for those two teams. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The Devils, Islanders are kind of right on the bubble. Uh, how far back are the yeah. Nets right now? Obviously, the Nets firing Jacques Vaughn. They've had a lot of turmoil in Brooklyn. Yeah. Uh, but they're, they're, I think they're right now they're on the outside looking in. I think they're like 11th in the East. They uh, are 11th yeah, or 12th. In the East. Yeah. So, and they're four games back of the playing tournament right now. I mean, so look, I think we can rule the Nets out. I, we, we got two legit title contenders right now. Uh, well, I think the Rangers are probably more of a title contender than the Knicks, I would say. Uh, so, this is my point just to go into that. You've literally set me up perfectly for what I want to discuss here. So, oh, you're saying we have two title contenders. I only believe that there's only going to be a chance at one of them. I'm actually being a title contender. It's because of a little thing I found on social media the other day that when you kind of think about it, it sounds more true. It's called, Zach, the law of the garden. Do you know what this is? Some BS rule. <laughs> uh, I, it's I don't. basically that if one of those two, if one of those teams in Madison Square Garden is good, the other can't be. And I kind of thought that at first too, but when you kind of look at it more from maybe the last 10 to 15 years, it's kind of true. So I'll go referencing probably from 2010 to 2011 season, Zach, the last time that the first time I started watching both the Knicks and the Rangers, I'm a fan of both teams. So I have a little bit of a dog in the fight and can see both here. I know you're a Knicks fan, not a Ranger fan, but 2010-2011, both teams did make the playoffs. The Knicks got swept in the first rounds after acquiring Carmelo Anthony. The Rangers made it to the conference, to the uh, divisional round, the second rounds, lost 4-1 to the Capitals. 2011-2012, Zach. The Knicks are eliminated in the first rounds of the playoffs again by the Heat. The Rangers make it to the conference finals and lose in uh, a tough series there to the Devils, which I'm sure you uh, will never forget. Now, this is where it starts to get a little bit more interesting. So the Rangers lost in the uh, semifinals again in 2012-2013. 2012-2013 is probably the best Knicks season of all time, right? Arguably. At least well, of recent memory, maybe last the last year. The last... 30 years, yeah. 
Okay, so the Knicks probably had a better year that year. Rangers were a little disappointed. The Knicks went to the second round and had what was our best year ever. Now this is where it starts to get interesting. Okay, both teams have made the playoffs, had a little playoff success. In 2013-2014, the Knicks disappointingly make the play- missed the playoffs. In 2013-2014, the Rangers went to the Stanley Cup Finals. 2014-2015, no playoffs for the Knicks. 2015-2016, no, no playoffs for the Knicks. And I'm going to keep saying no playoffs for the Knicks up to the 2019-2020 season. Now, the Rangers, on the other hand, had a good playoff uh, run. 2014-2015, they were the best regular season team and then once the lost in the conference finals in seven games. 2015-2016, once of the playoffs, lost in the first rounds. 2016-2017, lost in the second round. So, Knicks, Rangers have had some success. The Knicks haven't in the little stretch there. Both teams kind of struggle for a few years. 2017-2018, the Rangers also make the playoffs. Or did not make the playoffs, I'm sorry. There's a good three-year stretch now where the Rangers don't make the playoffs besides 2019-2020. Now, this is where it gets interesting. So, I said 2019-2020, the Rangers made the playoffs. The Knicks didn't. 2020-2021, what happened with the Knicks? 2020-2021, uh, they got bounced in the first round of Atlanta in 2021. But was that, again, a really successful Knicks season? What do you think happened to the Rangers that year? I don't even remember. The did they even make the playoffs? The play- yeah. They did not make the playoffs. Now let's go to the Knicks again. 2021-2022, how did the Knicks end up? They didn't make the playoffs, right? They did not make the playoffs. What did the Rangers yeah. do that season? Well, Eastern Conference Finals. Eastern Conference Finals. Now let's go yeah. to the last year, 2022 and 2023. Both teams look pretty good going into the playoffs. Rangers get bounced in the first rounds. I mean, the Knicks get bounced in the second round. round. Exceed expectations. Yeah, don't the be Knicks like that. They, the they, they won. Exceeded expectations. Yeah. But then, the Rangers okay, were one game away from making it to the next round. More. It's not like... I don't buy into yeah, that. Yeah, but they were all, a Stanley Cup team that year. They should have. They should have. But no, no, no. Then let me go into this recent stretch, Zach. So the Rangers start off lightning hot to start the season. Probably from about December to January, they went ice cold. Blue probably was about a 15-point lead in the standings. Got it down to about two or three at one point with Carolina. What do you think happened to the Knicks during that stretch? Well, the Knicks made the trade. They got OG and went a little bit of a run. And you're so yeah. these are just odd and coincidences. Then, uh, so then let's go. No, 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 no. Then let's go. Let's go even a step further now, Zach. What Rangers have won nine out of Julius ten, and Ren, the Knicks. The Knicks are on top of the world against the Miami. The Knicks are hurt. So the Knicks are on top of the world. You, but this is where my theory goes. When did the day that Julius Randall got hurt? was when the cold streak started, correct? More or less. He's definitely a, a huge you know component what happened? of their team. Him and OG. Having OG out, too, also really you know what happened? Them. You know what happened later that night? What, the Rangers started their winning streak? That was the Rangers' first, the Rangers' first of 10 straight wins that was snapped on Sunday. Yeah, I'm not really reading when, into any One of team that. is good, the other can't be. So... So, look, both teams, I think, have arguments to win the championships. I think 
the Rangers more than the Knicks, but the Knicks can certainly, if a little lock bounces their way, can definitely find a route to the NBA Finals. But I want to think both can make it, but realistically, only one of these teams is really going to have a shot. And it's going to be depending on which way the law of the garden, in my eyes, rolls. Oh, my God. I'm hoping it's the Rangers from a bias standpoint. I'm a Knicks fan, too, but the curse is going to hit one of them. Who's it going to hit? Right now, it's hitting the Knicks. It was hitting the Rangers a month ago. It hit the rain. It hit the Rangers last year. It hit the Knicks the year before that. Hit the Rangers the year before that. And then the Knicks the year before that. So, Zach, I'm just speaking facts here and what the laws, mythological laws say. Look, I mean, the Knicks have had some injuries. They've had a little bit of the injury bug right now, which I think might hurt them come postseason time because OG is still pretty new to this team. You traded for Bogdanovich. You traded for Burks. You haven't seen this Knicks team really at full throttle, right? Because when Bogdanovich and Burks came to the Knicks, Julius was injured. So we haven't seen this Knicks team fully healthy yet. I mean, we expect them to be good. He might not ever either. I mean, let's hope. Uh, we don't even know. There's also tinkerings of Mitchell Robinson potentially coming back too, which would be huge for them. Even though Hardenstein it's played some... great ball. But I think it's having nice, Mitch back but... would be huge for this team. He was he was playing great ball. He was having his best season before he got hurt. He was easily having his it best helps. season before he got hurt. And he was played great for, for them in the playoffs last year. He was a huge contributor and a huge reason why they, they beat Cleveland in that first round last year. And Cleveland looks like it. Cleveland right now still believes holding the number two seed in the East. So they're, they're definitely a team that Knicks uh, are going to have to watch out for. But... The thing is, right now, they're looking like a 4-5 really matchup. Uh, looks like they might take Philly on the first round. And if Philly gets Embiid back, that's going to be a scary matchup, in my opinion. Uh, that team is not not the same without Embiid. But, I mean, he he was the MVP for a reason. Uh, but if they beat Philly, then they got to play Boston. And Boston's just playing lights-out ball right now. So the path for the Knicks for a championship is is very difficult. Uh Especially if they they stick to that it's four there. seed, yeah, it's there. But it, it's it's a tough path with the Rangers. This is a championship team, championship roster, top to bottom. I mean, uh, they're physical. They play fast. They got good goaltending play. It's just they're getting hot right now. Uh, we'll see. I think they lost to Columbus last night, which is a tough loss. Um, they did, but that was their fifth game. That was their fifth game in eight days. So I'd like he kind of chalk it up a little bit on top of that with a back to back. So it's all right. They're being Columbus two nothing right now as we record this back at home at the garden. So we'll see. The Rangers, I'll start with the Knicks just because you obviously brought up a few points there. The injuries are the problem. We haven't seen this full Knicks team at what they're capable of, what they were supposed to look like since the trade deadline. Mitch coming back is going to help Zach, but I don't think it matters if you don't get Ananobi and Julius Randle back. And now there's even concerns that we might not get Randle back at all. And my other concern with this now, too, the longer this plays out, is how effective is Randle really going to be? Yes, we've ripped on him enough in the past where it's like, okay, how far can we really go with him in the playoffs? But some Julius Randle is better than no Julius Randle, and... And even more ineffective Julius Randles kind of scares me a little bit. 
which yeah. is also a concern. Bronson's playing out of his minds. It sounds like if Julius does come back, he's not going to be at 100%. It sounds like he really does need this surgery, no. and he, he would just be off putting this surgery because it sounds like if he got the surgery, that would be he'd be done for the year. His season, his season, his season's over if he gets the surgery, yeah. Which the other thing, too, I don't even know what's going on. I know, but he hasn't been shooting. I said a report that today, too. Now, the other this is also like there's a lot of good things that I've been seeing with Tom Thibodeau, but this is what frustrates me. When Randall and Anobi got hurt, do they necessarily need to be out there? Would Randall get hurt with like two and a half minutes left up, 15? Why is he out there? And then the case of playing them all 82 NBA games, is that right? None of the load management, anything like that? Tom Thibodeau's teams are dead by the time they get to the playoffs, which is a problem, too. A lot of these teams obviously just do enough to get into the regular season. I like the idea of being pedaled to the metal from start to finish, but it's not a championship winning formula. That's the problem. But I, don't I think mean, this isn't is new news. Tibbs have done this in the past. This isn't a new thing that Tibbs have, has done. Uh, there's been questions of Tibbs yeah. doing this for years. So you definitely there's definitely room for scrutiny and that uh it's kind of just unfortunate that he got hurt at that point because you can easily argue like hey he shouldn't have been in the game at that point. Um that was a pro- that was a well that it was like a Saturday afternoon like 3:30 game. That was a Miami game I believe he got hurt where he popped the it shoulder. Was, it was the Miami game, yeah. Uh, back probably on, kind of a statement a when so uh yeah, but I went to shit as soon as that happened. So, yeah, and all the next one on top of the world, and then Randall. It's kind of just unfortunate. Like, besides to get hurt being out there, necessarily. You could definitely can question that. But it, it could have happened it's at avo- any point. It was avoidable. That's why I think it could have happened the next game, though. Like, I don't know. It's just kind of just unfortunate, shitty Wait, situation. Thibodeau needs to look at big picture sometimes. I don't think he does, which I think is what the frustration is. Um, you can argue that, but, but then you can also yeah, argue this team. This team is prepared every single game they play, regardless of who is in the lineup. Uh, this team, this team, I, I believe, is prepared every game they play. Uh, they almost had a, a big hiccup against the Pistons the other night. They should have. The, the NBA admitted they got that call wrong. That should have been a foul on a. Was it Hardenstein or even? Well, they made up for uh, what was it against Houston when the refs blew that game on the Knicks against Houston? Yeah, again, but but again, should they really be one possession games coming down to one last play against the Rockets and the Pistons? Come on. Well, Nick, this team is not that that good. This team is not. And that was, I think, maybe even out Brunson that game too. Uh. But this team no, without Randall and OG. The Houston game was with Brunson. Both games have No, Hardenstein time. maybe was out the Houston game. For the Rockets game, yeah. I think you're yeah, right okay. there. And then he's definitely he's a he's a big they had neither of them last night against Memphis. I mean, DiVincenzo's been a fucking it's huge still, signing. Get the freaking win. But this team is not very good, yeah. to be honest, without OG and Julius. Uh, if they want to make a run in the playoffs, they they have to get OG and Julius back. There's, there's no doubt. If they want to have a chance, I don't even think they get by Philly if uh, 
without OG and Julius, let alone getting past Boston, who's just absolutely Law stacked of the right Sounds now. Sounds like it's striking the Knicks. Zach, Law of the Garden. It struck the Knicks. They should be a championship contending team, but they're not. Oh, my God. Because the Rangers have to be. Let's do you think the they're better than now. Boston? Even if they're healthy, do you think they're better than Boston? No. No, they're not better. Than I don't Boston. think so, but again, but they're getting their right arm cut off from them. I don't I don't know if the Rangers are the best team to in the East right now. Yeah, I mean Florida's Florida's playing great hockey right now. Florida Boston's playing good hockey right now. Um Vancouver's playing good hockey right now. Yeah, over in the West. You gotta remember too. There's Rangers a lot of parody won, in the NHL. The Rangers won ten straight games and only increased their lead on Carolina by two or three points. Carolina's going strive for strive with them right now, and there's a lot of Metro games that need to be played still. That's a team that's they been got, a solid NHL team for the past like four or five seasons. Yeah, they just never were able to get over the hump. That's the problem. So we'll see. But the Rangers, they do need to make some moves. They're still. The problem with the Rangers is the goaltending, they stay, rely too much on it. They're 5v5 besides the line of um, Panarin, Trocek, and Lafreniere. The top line hasn't been scoring. Meekin hasn't had a 5 versus 5 goal in since December. The third line is doing pretty good. We've maybe figured out some formulas with the fourth line. Obviously, I'm not sure if you've seen all the Mad Rempe stuff and how he just Guy's kills a beast. everyone in the NHL. Guy's a big boy. He's you like 6'7", fucking- right? Yeah, six, he's so so what's funny about that fourth line, Zach? Rempy's in there at six eight, and then they called up another guy, Edstrom, who's six seven. That is a skyscraper for a fourth line. Can they Barkley stay for the next up. night to uh play power forward for the Knicks? Filling <laughs> for Julius. Maybe we, could. we need a Maybe four. We could use them. He'll have a couple of black eyes, so I'm not sure if he sees the ball as much, how much Rempy's been fighting recently. But hey, we, we need a perimeter defender, you know, without OG. Can, can they can they guard the wing? <laughs> Rempy can knock out a couple people, but I don't know about uh, guarding the wing. <laughs> guarding, the, guarding the ring. I can't he'll, uh, um, he'll take down the shooter. Yeah, he'll do more than take down the shooter. Don't worry about that. But... Look, the Rangers are obviously going to be heavy at the trade deadline. Um, probably a right wing uh, for the top line of Mika and Cryer, and hopefully that can unlock it for 5v5 scoring. Um, and then get a third-line center, and you can kind of get someone besides Will Cooling and Capo Caco and really get that third line solidified. They can't live or die off the power play like they had the last couple of years, so hopefully the 5v5 scoring continues. And then, obviously, like I said, Igor – who struggled for a month and a half has finally come around on his own, and that's going to be key as well. The Rangers are not winning a Stanley Cup if um, Igor Shosturkin's not at his best, but we'll see. The Rangers have been a hot and cold team. Uh, right now they're on a hot streak. Big Metro games that'll kind of help seal the deal. Um, you know, unfortunately, you don't want to see the Rangers two more times this season, Zach, but you're going to have to. We have to see the Islanders three more times who are still on the hunt for the playoffs, and an intense stadium series game, obviously last week, which best game I've ever been to in my life. I've never experienced anything like that before. Um, Pittsburgh's still in there. Washington's a tough team. We'll see. Carolina, we have to play two more times. So it's going to be a long, it's a long hockey season still, Zach. And uh, a lot could happen. We've seen it with the Bruins. The Bruins had the greatest regular season in the history of the NHL and got eliminated in the first round last year. So, it's very much crapshoot 
We'll oh, see what happens. Come it. playoff time. I mean, if you make the playoffs, you can you can get hot at the right time. You can you can win the cup. Like hockey is definitely who's hot, who's not, you know, when it comes to the postseason. I'll tell you one thing, Zach. I think a lot more than basketball. Yeah. I'll tell you one thing, Zach. The one team that kind of scares me, if they make the right move, which I don't think they will, is the Devils getting in the playoffs. Because the one thing they need is a goaltender. And they were close to getting Markstrom from Calgary, who's a top-five goaltender in the league right now. If the Devils had a top-five goaltender on their team, that's a scary first-round matchup. I don't think they're going to get Markstrom from what sounds like it's developing, but that's a scary first-round matchup that there's elite goaltending behind the between the pipes for the Devils. Yeah, a huge improvement from Nico Dawes, who's played solid hockey. Uh he didn't look good the other night. He's, he's the, hung in he's... there. Yeah. I mean, then they, the Devils' power play is also atrocious. Yeah. Um, especially without Hughes. Getting Hughes back and look, Jack Hughes back. Tremendous help, obviously, for this team. This team just could not perform without Jack Hughes. And having Dougie Hamilton out, too, really hurts, uh, hurts them on defense. And losing Ryan Graves, I think, was kind of a big loss for them this offseason. Uh, defensively, they haven't been quite where they were last year they activated Siegenthaler uh back into the lineup so having him back will help uh defensively uh I'll say Toffoli and Brat can kind of perform uh the way they have but I'll say one thing though Zach even despite all these injuries that the Devils don't make the playoffs Lindy Ruff needs to go I literally I don't watch many Devils games but the one I saw against the Rangers last week and then the couple I watched this week, I'm not seeing a team that's really playing. I'm seeing a team that's giving up. Like that Ranger-Devil game last week, that's more coaching if you can't score on a five-minute and a four-minute power play and you outshoot a team 40-18 to 18 and don't at least – and you still lose by four goals. That, to me, is coaching. I don't – and then on the Tampa game on Sunday – they need those points to be in the playoff hunt. Only down one goal going to the third, and they got their doors blown off them. That's just uninspired hockey and poorly executed hockey, which is coaching. Look, I'm not saying Lindy is not to blame at all. I just I don't think all the blame goes on Lindy here. They've had inconsistencies in the lineups. They've been injured all year. Vanacek going down definitely hurts them a lot. Having to bring Dawes up, who wasn't even with the team to start the season. You got to remember, he wasn't even the backup to start the year. So this was their third string goal. This was their third string option heading into the year. So you're down to basically your third string goalie, which is kind of basically where we were two seasons ago. Uh, And just the power play, just there's no cohesion there. And I guess that's kind of maybe you blame on coaching. Like, why haven't they figured out the power play? Uh, Pretty much all season, but it just it just hasn't clicked. And but let me put it. I don't think it's a lack of effort, this. though. I don't think it's the effort or the drive. Let me, this team let has me, the drive. Do, let me do a comparison here, Zach. Obviously, I know we just criticized Thibodeau because he isn't necessarily a coach that might be sustainable to help win a championship because he can demand hard play every game. But we know you said it. Thibodeau has them ready to play every night, despite what's on the court, right? So let's look at last night's Knicks game as an example against. Um, New Orleans. Playing a back-to-back, 
You lost Jalen Brunson. You lost Isaiah Hardenstein on top of already being shorthanded last night. Were the Knicks not competitive for most of that game last night, despite everything going up against them? Yeah. I mean... You can compare that to what the Devils are dealing with right now. And what I'm seeing is a team that isn't playing competitive hockey. And I know it's an uphill battle for the Devils to win hockey games right now, but the coaching can make a difference in them being in the game still or not being in the games. And they're not in the games right now is what my problem is. I mean, they just beat San Jose. I think it was seven to two last it was seven. It was seven, one or seven, two. They absolutely blew off their doors. Yeah. But they were down two nothing at one point. It took adjustments finally against one of the worst teams in the league, but that should be happening on a night to night basis. And it's not look, this is kind of like the Brian Dable situation, in my opinion, right? Like, both coaches last season had great years. Last season, they were shown fire Lindy to start the year. And then at the end of the season, they were shown sorry Lindy after the team made a playoff but, run. But again, this is the and now And now we're one year removed and we're now saying fire Lindy again. Just because, look, I'm not saying he's blameless. He, they're definitely some of, some of the blames got to fall on the head coach. Uh, someone that's got to fall on Fitzgerald. It's got to fall on, it's got to fall on Lindy. It's, there, there to blame too, but I think any team, given the injuries but, and inconsistencies they've had in the lineup, I just think any team would have struggled. But again, uh, Zach, and it sucks. You're going to compare it to Brian Dable now too. Okay, let's compare it to Brian Dable. Beginning of the season was a train wreck, and the stars of fire Dable were coming up. Dable righted the ship despite everything that happened. He won three games in a row with Tommy DeVito, who got cut from the roster after training camp. It was put on the practice squad. They were competitive against the Eagles at home, on the road on Christmas Day when the Eagles were still in the hunt for the playoffs. They should have beaten the Rams the last, the second to last game of the season. The Rams were a playoff team, and they blew out the Eagles on the last game. You at least can okay, say okay. Well, the, the last, Eagles stunk they the last the part Jets, of the season, and they should have beaten the Jets the last in that. The Jets too. So, stunk last year too. But there was a route of at least ten games where I can say. The Giants were in a position to win and were competitive in the games. I can't say that about the Devils. And look, the situations are similar. The Giants are down to a third-string quarterback at one point, had a lot of injuries. I'm not disagreeing with you there. The same thing with the Devils. But the Giants were in positions to win games despite that. I'm not I mean, the Devils are the in Devils. positions to win games. I disagree no, they with aren't. you completely. The uh, last two games I watched, they got blown. They, they won the last goal. game. They won – by five goals against San Jose, that's not much. But the Tampa Bay, they got killed. The Rangers, they got killed. They haven't been competitive in a lot of games, Zach. That's where I think my issue is. Look, and I don't think there's some of the blame does go on Lindy, but and I'm not even saying that they shouldn't fire him. I just think you can't. You it's, okay. it's hard. It's it's just any coach I think would have had a hard time with let me, dealing with this. Let me team put the last week into perception for you. You lost six two to the Capitals, who are out of the playoffs right now. You lost five one to the Rangers. You outshot us 48-18 and had over twelve minutes of power play time and could only muster one goal, which is a garbage time goal. You barely beat the Canadians, who are a struggling team. You lost four one the Lightning, who are on pace with you in the playoffs. It was a must-win game at that time. Yes, okay, you won 7-2 against the Sharks. 
But it took you being down in that game to start to then explode for seven goals. Maybe this is the turnaround point, but I'm not seeing a team that should be as competitive as they should be despite what's happening. I get what's happening. But coaching, if you see a team that still remains competitive in their games and they're fighting to win games despite the injuries, that tells me there's good coaching. I'm not seeing that with the Devils. Definitely make that argument, but I think, like I said, I do think some of the blame does fall on Lindy. And they should should be a little bit more competitive in these games, but any coach would have had difficulties dealing with uh, what they've had to do in terms of inconsistent. But that's where the good coaches find a way. Dable found a way. Thibodeau found a way last night to still try and give this team a chance to win. Lindy's not doing that. I disagree. I think these... Look, there's been a couple of one-offs, and 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 over the last month there has been a couple. A, I just showed you last week that they lost like a, a few one-offs, uh, but f- I yeah, I don't I just, just don't. It's kind of hard to point pin, pin down and say this is on Lindy, in my opinion, like all on Lindy, given everything going on with the roster, but and, and especially goaltending with Dawes, he's he's not an NHL caliber starter in this league. Uh, they lost to, they lost the combines fifteen to four against three teams that they should have been competitive against. That's not good, and a lot of that more falls on coaching than the circumstances. Look, this this team. What are they? Thirty and twenty four right now. Uh, they the have sixty four points, a few points out of the playoffs. It might be time to go another direction, but after after last season, I think it's tough just to kind of bag them all one year. But if they choose to go that way, they better have a good backup option, what I'm saying. I'm not even saying it's the wrong decision, but if they're going to go that way, make sure they have a good uh, good option. Anyway, let's talk a little bit about football uh, before we wrap up, Nick. Uh, obviously, NFL Combine coming up uh, from Indianapolis. Uh, we've seen some comments from Joe Shane and uh, and Douglas from the Jets. Kind of, let's see uh, your your early thoughts heading into the combine, heading into the draft. I guess for the Giants, the big thing that uh, looms over their head is what's going to happen with Saquon, and are they going to take a quarterback in the first round? Are they possibly even going to move up in the draft and take a quarterback? Maybe one of the the big three. I guess the big three in this draft is. Is Caleb Williams, uh, Daniels, and then Drake May. Uh, are the Giants going to target one of those three guys? Are they going to kind of look for out in a later first round, like a Michael Penix or a J.J. McCarthy? Or is Daniel Jones still their guy, and they will kind of just want to build around him, uh, which would make sense in my opinion. The Giants have so many needs. I don't even know if they're a quarterback away, especially a rookie quarterback away from any level of success at this point. Uh, but kind of where do you where do you think right now? You go, you, and then I'll talk more about what I think. The Giants are an interesting spot. Um, I I think Joe Shane and every comment he's made about when they're asking about what they're going to do in the drafts is pretty genuine. It's they're going to kind of see what happens and what falls to them. So if one of these quarterbacks falls to them at six, they'll take it. 
If not, they're going to take one of the best players available. They basically said the entire time they're going to take the best player available at six, whether that's a tackle, a weapon, like one of the wide receivers, or one of the quarterbacks. They're not – there's too many needs on this team. They're not a quarterback away. You're 100% right where they need to go and trade up for one of these quarterbacks. The problem with this is, is that the Giants are trying to build their team based off what other teams do, decide to do. So if all three – the five teams that are having ahead of them all decide to take quarterbacks, they're not going to take a quarterback. But if one of them doesn't, they're going to take a quarterback and start that way. So it's it's not ideal, but I guess the one positive I can spin with it is that there's a plan for every scenario of what they're going to do. And I think what's going to happen and what the best, smartest route is going to be is I don't think any of these three quarterbacks are Drake May – Caleb Williams or uh, JT Daniels are going to fall to six. I think there's no chance of that. Now, I also don't think it's worth it at that point. So either trade some of the second round picks or trade back or your first round picks in the draft to get one of these quarterbacks later, like JJ McCarthy or uh, NX, like you said. I think they're backup quarterbacks in the league. I don't think they're starters or franchise changing quarterbacks, either of those two. It's a try and waste moving the six overall pick back or moving up a couple of those second round picks because there's so many needs around this team. I don't think either of those quarterbacks are good enough to move the needle for the franchise. The interesting thing that stuck out to me is, and I didn't expect this, but Joe Shane and Brian Dable are putting their heads on the line for Daniel Jones. Now, Jones doesn't pan out this year. I don't think it's going to be fireable for Joe Shane, at least. Stable, 50-50. But Joe Shane is really banking on Daniel Jones. It doesn't seem like he's kind of in no man's land. I think he has no choice but to go back to Daniel Jones because it doesn't make sense to make a move to go anywhere else. But I don't know. It's tough, I guess. We'll see what happens after this season. My biggest concern with this season is they get, they're put in this position again. They're at six. Jones gets hurt again, and we're right back to where we started, where we are next year. We haven't gotten an answer on Daniel Jones and how good he really is or how much of a bust he really is. And I'm concerned that we're not going to find that answer out again next year, and we're just going to keep running it back with Daniel Jones. And at some point, it has to stop. The The fact that you don't have an answer means he hasn't worked out. You You would know if it worked out. Zach, what's the definition of insanity? I mean, it's doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. So last, so not last this past season, the season before, you know, they made a little bit of a run. Dable wins coach of the year. They win the playoff game. Jones plays well. Uh, But that's kind of a one-off. He's, he's been, he's been inconsistent. He's been injured and he's had turnover issues. We keep getting the same excuse every year of, okay, so 2018, I'm sick of the excuses. We got to. Look, we're financially committed to him, and I don't know if the draft's the best way to address it this year, kind of based off where they're drafting. But So let's look at it, Zach. 2019, we drafted him. Okay, you didn't have a fair way to judge him because you didn't have a good coach in uh, Pat Shermer. You didn't have a good team around him. You're rebuilding with Joe Judge. Okay, we didn't have a good team around him to fully evaluate him. 2021, 2021 comes around. Okay, this is his chance to really prove himself. 
he's got weapons finally. They signed Kenny Galladay. They have a couple other things going on. There's a team around him finally. This is his year to prove it. Went to shit and he got hurt. Okay, it was bad coaching. We're going to go back with Dable again and see what they can do. Okay, we brought in Darren Waller this offseason. They brought in uh, Paris Campbell. Daniel Jones has weapons. It's prove it time now. Everything went to shit again. Okay, it wasn't Daniel Jones's fault. Let's give him another chance. It's This is now maybe the third or fourth prove-it year for Daniel Jones. I don't think we've ever really nailed a prove-it year besides one off year. But yeah. we're finding other reasons to blame why we haven't been able to evaluate him accurately, which is the frustrating part. And I, I mean, think to, one- to Daniel Jones' defense, you said, oh, we're bringing weapons. We brought in Darren Waller and Paris Campbell. <laughs> <laughs> True. And then, the, and then 20... And then 2021, we brought in Kenny Galladay. So, yeah, yeah maybe maybe we haven't given him the weapons he deserves to have. But um, but he has Saquon Barkley. Yeah, he does have Saquon Barkley and a consistent injury history as well. So, yeah, who also know, they The Giants are literally forced to stay with Daniel Jones. They didn't have a choice to not sign him last year. They don't really have a choice to not go back with him that, this year as well. They're very much stuck with Daniel Jones. I think that's what the problem is. Um, but I don't think, again, I don't think J.J. McCarthy or Michael Penix in around the 20s is worth it. They're not yeah. going to be starting quarterbacks and star quarterbacks in this league. I don't see how well, it is. They could be. I don't see it right away, but. J.J. McCarthy look. never moved the needle for me in college, watching him in the win in, win in national championship. Did you think Brock Purdy was going to lead the 49ers to a Super Bowl when he was drafted in the seventh round? I Let mean, me put it you this never way, Zach. look. There are very few like sure things coming out of the draft, right? We had Andrew Luck coming out uh, of Stanford when he went to the Colts. He was pretty much everyone knew he was going to be he was going to be a, a really solid quarterback. When Trevor Lawrence came out of the draft, uh, what was that twenty one? So three years ago, we pretty much knew it was a pretty safe bet he was going to be. And he's not even looked tremendous, right? He's no, a solid quarterback. About that one. Uh, the jury's still out on that one. But you knew he was going to be a good player, right? These other quarterbacks, you take them, and they're definitely a little bit of a gamble, right? Uh, look, Baker Mayfield, number one overall pick. We see how he's turned out, kind of inconsistent throughout his career. Other quarterbacks taken early first round, Sam Darnold. We saw how that worked out for the Jets. Uh, that was more Zach Wilson. We more, saw how that worked out for the Jets. Trey the Lance. Jets, Trey Lance, number three overall pick by the 49ers. Strong. That one that's one of the biggest busts I can remember. That and, and yeah. out of a quarterback. That's one of the biggest busts. That's oh, probably yeah. more of a bust than Zach Wilson. Yep. Especially with the team he had around him, too. Yeah. Brock Pur- that's why I think Brock Purdy is succeeding because the team they have around him. Trey Lance should ace yeah, that. I mean, I the, the, I can't the, the that team definitely happen. the team definitely helps, right? Like the team definitely helps, but I think Brock Purdy is a really good quarterback. Brock Purdy's in the best situation for him. That's how I look at Brock Purdy. I don't think he moves the needle. I think the team gets the best out of him. Look, which Daniel Jones has never had. I won't disagree with that, but I don't know if it's there. Who would you rather have behind center this season, Brock Purdy or Daniel Jones? Assuming Daniel Jones, well, Daniel Jones coming off an ACL injury, so that's kind of I take I take Daniel Jones over Brock Purdy. Okay, let's put it this way: I don't know a fully a fully healthy Daniel 
Daniel Jones on the 49ers, what happens? That's put it more that way. So you think they win the Super Bowl if Daniel Jones is fully healthy and he plays that game? I think they're more dynamic, and I think they have more abilities. I think the 49ers are a little limited with Brock Purdy. You watch, you watch the playoff games. I, the 49ers clearly look like they had the fourth best quarterback in the championship games. They look like they had the worst quarterback every week in the playoffs. I saw a man versus a boy at the Super Bowl with Mahomes compared to Brock Purdy. I thought Purdy played well that game. He played well in the first half. The difference he, is... he made some some key throws, and he look at the end of the game against he's Green a game Bay. Manager. He's a game. He manager. won them the game. He's a game. At the manager. end of the game against Detroit, he won them the game. But he doesn't have to be a superstar. Yeah, no, you're right. But you don't. But that's the thing. Daniel Jones like, makes like... him a little more, more dynamic. That's kind of why they wanted Trey Lance, right? Just because yeah. Daniel Jones can use his legs. He can run. He's a he's a great runner. He's good outside the pocket. Uh, Brock Purdy can sling it, and he's got good pocket awareness. Uh, he does, he and does he's a good he game manager. Being a game manager is not. I feel like the word game manager gets like it's like a huge insult, but it shouldn't be, in my opinion, right? If you can manage the game well, like that, that's that should be like a compliment. Honestly. The problem is you don't win with a game manager unless you have a super team around them, which the 49ers do. That's the problem with game managers. You need to have the perfect team. Like, uh, look at it this way. The perfect team, but you need to have so, a competent team. I mean, the Giants a lot of last year. Look, Waller was out a lot of last year. Uh, There's no offensive line. The offensive line was garbage. Like, bottom 10 offensive line. Inconsistencies at offensive line. Right, there's so many injuries, so many Barkley with injuries, pieces moving around that line. You look at that receiving core. Who scares you in that receiving core? Like Hyatt on a couple deep passes. Yeah, Jalen Hyatt. Jalen Hyatt's really fast. Uh, so he's a Darius good deep threat. A little bit, but not much. Maybe Wandell. dude. Wandell Robinson's kind of. I think a little bit of an underrated player, but he's had the injury bug. Yep. Uh, no one really scares you on that receiving core. Yeah. I mean, so you just stack the box against Saquon, yeah. and then that's 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 how you play it's, the Giants. I mean, the Giants basically what they need in the draft. Their whole team is a weakness, right? Yeah. Like they, unless maybe like inside linebacker, like the defense is there. fine. The offense needs a lot of work. Is the defense fine? Like maybe they got Dexter. They don't need Dexter Lawrence is a beast. Kayvon Thibodeau had a good year. Kayvon Thibodeau is a good player. Deontay Banks. Fabio Carrique is a good player. Micah Banks McFadden's a good, a good player. Uh, Xavier McKinney, who they should franchise tag, had a solid year. So I'm okay yeah, with they that. They can another safety, though. They can use another corner. Yeah. And they could use another interior. They could use another D lineman, in my opinion. Yeah. It's... I mean, they, they need a lot. <laughs> They need a lot. And they need a whole new offensive line, pretty much. And even John Michael Schmidt was have. underwhelming. Remember, he was a rookie last year. He was like an early second rounder, right? You have to remember, Justin Pugh was one of the best linemen on the team at one point, and we picked him straight off the couch on week six or seven. Yeah. <laughs> but kind of move him into the Giants, and you brought up Saquon Barkley. I don't know what they do with him either because they're not going to franchise tag him again. 
But is it worth signing him at 27? I guess you know they're not going to compete next year. Maybe just for morale and to sell some tickets and jerseys. Maybe you sign him back, but I don't know. Could they find something better? None of the running backs are getting franchise tags. None of them are getting franchise tags. Derrick Henry or Josh Jacobs might be out there, and they're a little bit younger and more dynamic. Is Derrick Henry younger? Uh, Derrick Henry might not be, actually. You might be right about that. Josh Jacobs is couple years younger but no one's franchise is tagging the running backs and then they're out there we'll see what the running back market's like i mean saquon look he's that's probably gonna get a bigger on. contract somewhere else too if he decides that's to move on thing. yeah we're not be. gonna offer him the largest deal it, the only thing that the giants have going for them and why saquon would want to stay is he wants to be a giant he wants to be a giant his family's close by and i think he likes being in new york yeah. and just having like He'll be the star of the team, obviously, right? Like you think of the Giants, you think of Saquon Barkley, but uh, and but that's gonna, good for his brand, I guess. The running backs him, hit like, a wall at twenty-seven. That's the problem. Saquon's going to be twenty-seven this year. If he stays in New York, he might be able to actually make more money off the field. Uh, yeah. So you got to look at that too, but I mean, he's got to probably look at like Houston, right? Up and coming quarterback, roster, good roster, good coach. Uh, team they made a playoff yeah so or like carolina probably play him a boatload of money if he went there but why the hell would he want to go there there was another playoff team i thought i saw in the mix houston's one of them it might only be houston i don't remember not cleveland i mean buffalo's gonna probably stick with james cook yeah. Uh, Baltimore, maybe. No, Baltimore's not it. They're gonna um, get J.K. Dobbins back. He remember he yeah. missed pretty much the whole year with an Achilles tear. Uh, someone, someone is gonna. Nick Chubb's gonna come Denver. back for Cleveland next year. Yeah. I don't know. Someone else is definitely Houston's definitely one of them. I'm not sure who the other one was, but and he'd be a beast know. down Houston. Would it be is? But the other thing too is it in the Giants' best interest to sign him to a three year deal? It wasn't in their best interest to draft God. him originally. I don't know if they got to keep running. I don't know. I don't know. It's such a tough question because without him, they suck. They suck with him, but without him, they really suck on offense. I'm like, I and don't then, want to throw an accusation out there, but we keep like forcing our ways to get Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley back on this team, which again is the definition of insanity because it hasn't been working. I wonder if John Mayer is forcing this hand a little bit because I think John Mayer likes these two players and what he, how they represent the organization as star players. Look, I don't Saquon, know if that's Saquon's a fucking beast. Saquon is he he's he's a really he's an outstanding running back. And there was a reason why he was drafted number two overall and and, and had the success that he's had. The injuries bug is definitely something that's that's plagued him. Uh, throughout his career and something the Giants have to look out for in terms of giving him a contract and obviously the age and then the, the running back market. Uh, but he's such a valuable piece of this team. Daniel Jones, I feel like, is someone who can be replaced. I feel like there's there's options out there that can... Maybe not this year, but especially... You're going to take the cap hit from Daniel Jones this year anyway, so... I don't even know how you move on from it's, him this year. This has to be Daniel Jones' last chance. If they go back to him in year three and there's not 
significant progress, I'm going to scream. Like, like it's... not even like last. He has to play better than he did the season they won uh, the a 2022 game. season. He yeah. has to play better. Like he has to play better than that. If he re- yeah. replicates that, I don't even think I'd keep him. Was he even that good that year? Am I? I, I don't even know. He threw, 15, I... he threw 15 touchdowns that year. Yeah. He wasn't, even he wasn't really... that good. <laughs> I know there were no weapons that year, but there's nothing that explosive about that season. I know he rushed for seven as well, but I don't know. It, the Giants are a mess right now. They need to address every position. There's some nice pieces, young pieces on here, but. There's a lot of work to do. There's a little bit of question marks about the coach still, too. There's just a lot of – I don't know where the Giants can go next year. They can keep building and making progress, or they can completely nosedive next year. There's no in-between. Yeah, I do not envy Joe Shane. I mean, that is that is a tough job right now to see what direction the Giants should go in. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to see them go receiver the first round. I think they're going they to. Go, I think that's what that they're going to That guy from Washington or uh, neighbors from LSU – uh, yeah, I think that's the route they're. Maybe go. Harrison Jr. will fall to six. No, he's maybe. not falling to six. Uh, but he'll probably be off the board at four. Probably going to Arizona. Yeah, we'll see what um, they do with Kyler Murray. He'd be interesting. Yeah, uh, I would take him. I would definitely. He'd definitely be an upgrade over Daniel Jones. Yeah, I don't think he's getting moved anytime soon. But let's move into Jetland a little bit, Zach. I don't think there's much really to talk about because we know the story with the Jets already. It's Aaron Rodgers' team and Aaron Rodgers calling the shots over the teams he'll live or die off Aaron Rodgers, which we clearly saw last year. And a lot of the rumors that are coming out about how the season went was when Rodgers went down, there was no backup plan, which is on, again, the coaching staff. But Aaron Rodgers just runs his team. There's going to be nothing else they're going to do. Yeah, I mean, we've been so critical of Robert Sala on this show, and it's deservedly so. I mean, that's coaching. That's on coaching and management of this team. And they've had poor coaching and poor management. And it's it's just crazy to me how, how Sala better hope Rodgers has a fucking MVP year this year, or unless he... Should not he should just pack his bags at the end of the season because not even the not even the end of the season if by like week ten uh, things aren't things aren't going well he he's done he's done I mean we've seen mistake after mistake by Salah there's been a I lot mean, of we saw of everything going with Zach Wilson and then the whole thing that Zach Wilson didn't want to play and he never wanted Zach Wilson out there and all that drama and all that bullshit it's just. The Jets have been was there, they were an absolute disaster last year. Just an absolute train wreck. So we'll see where they go this year, but Robert Sala. Um if I'm Robert Sala. You better, I better have a backup plan though. I better best. yeah. I better hey, if Rogers goes down though, I better have a backup plan. But it's not a good backup quarterback. You and I have a 40-year-old quarterback starring for us, but I'm praying Aaron Rodgers' Achilles is the strongest Achilles ever. He's been doing some ayahuasca retreats and that Achilles is just some darkness uh healed on ayahuasca uh <laughs> whatever he's doing he's freaking not doing you know ayahuasca with Jimmy Fallon I guess the good news is um 
Joe Douglas is clearly going to address the offensive line because they don't have any offensive linemen on the roster right now. Because they cut um who they cut this week. Why am I blanking out on who they cut? From their offensive line. Tucker? No, it was um it was another offensive lineman that saves them like eight to ten million in cap space. Hold on, I gotta look it up. But they basically don't have any linemen on the team right now. They also don't really have any wide receivers behind Garrett Wilson, but that's a different story. Oh, uh no, that's not it. Where is it? I had this somewhere. Why am I blanking out on it? Sorry. Oh, there. Uh, no, that's not it. Where is this? I know it's here somewhere. I was looking it up. Uh, oh, Lincoln Tomlinson. So it saves okay. them 8.1 in cap space, but that's another guard that uh, they don't have. Another lineman that maybe was one of the more stable linemen, but wasn't a very good one. Yeah, I mean, we all saw the issues they had on the line, on the line this year, and Zach Wilson was run for his life constantly. But that's why Aaron Rodgers went out in four plays last year. Yeah, but even um, you're watching Hard Knocks, you knew that line was going to be a problem this year. Watching the only game preseason game, two drives he played in the preseason, he was getting pressure against the Giants' second and third string players, yeah. like. You knew it was going to be a problem. He was escape, having to escape the pocket. He was being pressured a lot. Yeah, I don't know. They have a lot of work to do to fix that offensive line and probably address the wide receiver core because, I don't know, he brought in his guys in Lazard and uh, Randall Cobb and wasn't didn't work very out. good either. It didn't work out either, yeah. So yeah, we'll see what direction. Uh, we'll see what direction the Jets and Giants do go. It's amazing with the Jets. It's either going to be like their Super Bowl threat or they're going to be like a 1 in 15 team. Yeah, for like, sure. Like there's no in between with them. Yeah, we're not going to get too into today, but obviously spring training heating up. Uh, big thing coming out of Mets land right now is Kodai Singa. Uh, is Pete Alonso getting a long term contract? Yeah, I guess that's another thing. We'll see about that. Uh, but Senga's not going to be ready to go opening day. Uh, which is a real bummer. How uh, wild is it that like Blake Snell still doesn't have a contract? Yeah. Yankees aren't signing him, but we'll say that's a different story for another day as we get closer to opening day. Zach, we're less than 30 days away. From less than 30 day, days. Actually. Spring training's heating up. Everyone's down in, in the sunshine. Uh, must be nice. Must be nice is bright. But baseball is just right around the corner. I think that's all the time we have for today. As always, thank you for tuning in and make sure to follow us on social media. Yeah, thanks for listening as always, guys. We'll see you next time.